Well, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, it wasn't quite how I expected my first sermon at Christchurch to be. Um, but as many of you know, I became vicar on Tuesday at a ceremony in this room, in fact, um, via video call with Bishop Andrew. And so I know we're entering into a slightly unusual time in our country's life. And so perhaps it's appropriate that it's a slightly unusual way to preach my first sermon. But I'm excited about what God wants to say to us this morning from uh, this passage. We've been journeying through uh, the book of John, looking uh, forward to Easter. And we've got to a very famous story, the raising of Lazarus. Um, and so I'm going to read a portion of that uh, reading today and uh, try and pick out a few things that I think God might want to encourage us with this morning. So I'm going to read from John 11, and I'm starting to read at verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she said, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who has come to the world. And after she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforted her, noticing how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Shall we pray together? Lord God, thank you that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. And thank you that your word is the same yesterday, today and forever. And as we look at this very familiar passage and story, I pray that we would hear what you're saying to us as we are in the midst of this very uncertain and unusual time in the life of our world. But Lord, that we would know that it is true that you are the resurrection and the life. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm a big fan of those movies where in the middle of the movie, it seems that the plot takes a dramatic turn and then suddenly everything is turned on its head. The heroes suddenly uh, thrown into all sorts of danger and confusion. Uh, the baddies that perhaps were on the back foot are suddenly um, seem to be taking over and winning. Uh, and there's that moment where the plot seems to be totally uncertain. How is this going to end? Um, are, is good going to triumph over evil or not? 
And I was reminded of this a few years ago when I watched the movie Toy Story with my children. Now, I watched the movie Toy Story when it first came out at the cinema as a student. And um, it's a great movie. And uh, I thought, oh, this is a great movie to get my kids to watch. Um, of course, I knew how the story was going to end. They didn't. And there's that moment in the middle of the story where Buzz and Woody are lost. They don't know their way home. And they suddenly get kidnapped by Sid, the uh, evil next door neighbor kid who tortures toys. Um, and I remember as we watched this, oh, this is the bit where the plot takes a really dramatic turn and it suddenly gets really exciting. Um, but I knew how the story was going to end, but my children didn't. And suddenly they got terrified. Suddenly uh, they started to hide behind their cushions and react very dramatically. And I remember one of my children suddenly shouted out, oh no, oh no, what's going to happen? Uh, they didn't know how the story was going to end, and so it felt very emotional, very uncertain, and they were really uh, captured in the moment of confusion. And we've been living in a dramatic story over these last few weeks, haven't we, as a country? Um, and it's a story where we don't know how it's going to end. Uh, it's been a story of a global pandemic, of health issues, of worries, of uh, government changes, of changes that have affected almost every area of our life. And it's happened at such a speed. Um, I remember just a few weeks ago, we were just talking about um, having our hands washed and elbow bumping to say hello. And now we've gone through social distancing and self-isolation uh, to the moment now where we're in complete lockdown. And just as we've been digesting one lot of government rules and changes, suddenly another lot come in the next day. It's been bewildering. Um, it's affecting all, all of our lives, almost every area of our lives. And uh, one of the things about change is it brings uh, an experience of uncertainty, of anxiety, even planned change. I mean, we uh, moved, as you know, just a few months ago and moving into a house we didn't know, into a place we didn't know, with neighbours we didn't know, um, was unsettling. Uh, I remember even having to make a cup of tea, took a great deal of mental effort trying to remember which box the kettle was in, where the tea bags were, where the cups were. Um, and then just that process of making cup of tea was exhausting because it just took a lot more brain power because everything had changed. Nothing was familiar. And that's a change we've been able to plan for and know that's coming up. But when change comes to us, it can feel even more unsettling and disorientating. And this change also includes worries about our health, maybe our family's health, um, and it's happening at such a pace that we can be thinking, what is going on? We can feel sad, we can feel anxious, we can feel a sense of grief. All of change involves letting go of something that's familiar, and that can feel difficult and sad. But also in this situation, we don't know how the story is going to end. And in those moments, how do we hold on to our faith? Um, how can we grow stronger in our faith? And how can we allow our faith in Jesus Christ to be the thing that uh, doesn't change in the midst of a world that does change. And that's why I love this passage, uh, the passage of the raising of Lazarus, because actually it's a story that is involving Jesus coming into right in the midst of a moment that is turbulent, that is full of pain and uncertainty. Uh, and he brings his hope and his life and his truth. And it's a story that we know very well. It's a, one of those stories in the Bible, which is as well known outside the church and for people who are not yet Christians as it is inside the church. I even heard the other day a politician was described as um, a real life Lazarus because his career had suddenly, uh, as it were, come back from the dead. And now he was um, 
likely to become the Democratic uh, presidential nomination. And they use that phrase that he's, he's like Lazarus. He's come back from the dead. So the story of Lazarus is very well known. And it's very well known because we know how the story ends. Lazarus comes back from the dead. But if we just stop there, we miss the power and the mystery and the beauty of the story. Because actually the depth of this story comes in the fact that actually Jesus could have stopped this happening. Jesus was asked to come uh, to the home of Mary and Martha and Lazarus a few days before Lazarus died. And we're left with the question, why did Jesus allow that uh, situation to continue? We're told he waited a couple of days. Then he told his disciples that Lazarus had died. And then we're told that he arrived when Lazarus had already been dead four days. So about a week's time from when he first heard that Lazarus was unwell, uh, for Jesus actually arriving on the scene. But I think the way Jesus enters into this scene uh, shows the very heart of our faith, shows what Jesus came to do. Um, and because Jesus didn't just come early and do another healing miracle, um, that is why this story has such power. Um, but we can sometimes miss it because we just know the end of the story and we fast forward to the end of the story and we miss what's going on in the midst. And because of the way Jesus enters into this story in the moment where there's so much pain and sadness going on, when Mary and Martha are confused and asking questions, because Jesus enters into the grief of the moment, he is able to tell us something very powerful about what it is he came to do, what it is at the heart of our faith that brings us such hope in the midst of times and uncertainty. So I want to look a little bit at the different ways the characters in the story react when Jesus arrives. Firstly, um, we have Martha and the way Jesus reacts to each of the characters, um, Jesus is trying to help them see not just the moment that they're in, but the bigger story that they're in. Martha is the first one to run up to Jesus and we're told uh, Martha ran up to Jesus and suddenly bombards him with questions and there's an implicit um, almost anger in the way Martha speaks to Jesus. If you had not been here my brother would not have died and Martha is effectively saying why did you not come earlier? Why weren't you here? Where were you? Uh, but she also quickly moves on to um, reaffirming what she believes uh, the heart of her belief at that moment. Um, but I believe you can do something, even if this moment, uh, I know that you can do something. And Martha also says, when Jesus questions her, Martha also says, I know that Lazarus will rise on the last day. She's one of those people who um, knows what the right answers are, has questions and brings them to Jesus, uh, but kind of is trying to wrestle. She knows the truth, uh, but what she sees seems to challenge the truth. But she can come up with the right answers. We do have people like that, don't we? When we're going through tough times, we'll know what the right answers are. They'll give the right answers, try and give us reassurance, but we'll still be struggling with the questions. Mary, on the other hand, doesn't run out to meet Jesus. She holds back. And that's quite strange because one of the things we know about Mary, Mary of Bethany, is she was someone who loved to be with Jesus. Um, we're told in another passage in Luke's gospel that um, Mary loved being with Jesus so much and sat at Jesus's feet so much that her sister Martha told Jesus off saying, come on, I need some help in the kitchen. Tell Mary to come and help me. Uh, but Mary didn't want to ever leave the feet of Jesus. We're also told that um, on another occasion, uh, 
she so enjoyed being at the feet of Jesus that she uh, anointed his feet with perfume because she was such a devoted worshipper and follower of Jesus. She just wanted to show her love in that way. And yet on this moment, when her brother has died, uh, she stays away. She can't uh, seem to want to be with Jesus in this moment. And I think that's often the way when we have had those moments of great closeness and intimacy with God, when we go through tough times, when we feel uncertain, we're in the midst of that moment in the story of our life that feel everything's going wrong. And we can almost feel when we've been that close to Jesus, the questions are even deeper. Why is God allowing us to go through this situation? Um, he loves me deeply and I know he loves me deeply, but why is this uncertainty and confusion happening? And it's not until Jesus calls for Mary, that expression of Jesus's intimate love for Mary, saying, come and come to be with me, that she responds. And again, she says exactly the same as Martha. If you had not been here, my brother would not have died. But uh, she then doesn't feel able, or maybe she doesn't feel the need to suddenly come up with the right theological answers. She just says to Jesus, this is how I feel. If you hadn't, if you'd come earlier, my brother would not have died. And she leaves the questions hanging, and yet she still falls at Jesus' feet and worships him. And that's sometimes how we can feel um, in the midst of confusion. Um, I feel able to worship you, Jesus. I feel able to draw close to you, God, but I just don't have any other answers. I have so many questions, um, and I can't come up with the right theological answers at this moment. There were also some people around who simply watched Jesus and watched how he responded to uh, the sisters, Mary and Martha, and just recognised that Jesus loved them. Uh, we're told that some people just watched and said, see how he loved them. And for some of us, that's where we hold our faith in the moments of confusion and uncertainty. We just know that God is a God of love, uh, that Jesus is with us in his love. Um, and maybe we don't have questions, we don't have answers, but we can just hold on to the love of God. And yet there were others who looked at the moment and said, well, this questions Jesus's power and actually implicitly it then questions his love. And it's one of those uh, conundrums of our faith, um, which I won't try and answer today. You'll be pleased to know that takes a lot more than uh, one sermon to try and answer this question of how we can believe in a God of power and a God of love and yet experience a world of suffering. And uh, some of the people watching just said, well, couldn't the one who healed the blind and made the lame walk couldn't he have done something and so they question uh who is this jesus really because of this and maybe uh, when we go through tough times that uh, raises all sorts of questions of faith in us and because jesus enters into the scene as it is he enters into the pain and the grief and the trauma of what mary and martha are going through he is able to uh, speak some words of truth that otherwise would not have been said. And he helps them, Mary and Martha, see that they're part of a bigger story that they didn't realise, that he is the key character in the bigger story that they perhaps didn't realise. But he's also able to tell us that he's with us in our grief and our sadness and our pain and confusion, uh, whether we're feeling that now because of all the things that are going on in the world with the coronavirus, or maybe we're going through different moments of pain and confusion. Or maybe we have in the past and we still have some questions left over. And the three things I want to draw out of this passage uh, that I think are so important for us to know today are these. Firstly, Jesus is with us. Jesus is here. 
one of the ironies, of course, of the moment where Mary and Martha say to Jesus, if you had been here, this would not have happened, is that, of course, Jesus is there. Jesus is right there in that moment. And he's able to hear Mary and Martha's questions, confusion, devotion, um, uncertainty. And he's able to bring his truth and his life and his hope into the midst of the moment. And it's important for us to know uh, today that Jesus is here. Jesus is with us. You might be watching this um, on your own. Uh, you might be watching this with family. You might be watching this really wishing you could connect with uh, friends and family, maybe those who are unwell at this moment. But you need to know, and we need to know, that Jesus is here with us, right in the midst of the moment that we're in. The very heart of our faith is that we have a God who is not far away, who loves us so much that he came through Jesus Christ into the pain of this world. As the message puts it, um, the word became flesh and made his home amongst us. Jesus is with us. We have a God who doesn't stay far off in our pain. You know, sometimes um, our friends and family, if they don't know how to um, be with us when we go through tough times or grief or loss, sometimes they'll avoid us or maybe they'll um, try and tell us, okay, everything's going to be okay. It's not really as bad as you think, even though um, it feels to us like the world is coming to an end. But we have a God who enters into the pain of this world and is with us and wants to bring us hope and life and truth where we're at. Uh, he comes to us where we are and he wants us to come to him as we are. Jesus is here. But secondly, Jesus is love. We see Jesus weeping, his heart breaking. Um, we see he's, we're told that Jesus was greatly troubled as he uh, experienced this moment with Mary and Martha of people weeping and Mary and Martha going through their time of grief. And actually that's strange because of course we know and Jesus knew what he was going to do. That was the very reason he came. That was the reason why he didn't come to do a healing. He was going to raise Lazarus from the dead and yet he's weeping, he's troubled. Um, and the reason is it's not because he doesn't know what he's doing, he's suddenly at a loss. It's because pain and sadness and illness and the trauma of this moment was never meant to be part of God's plan for the world. God did not design a world to have pain and illness and pandemics in it. But Jesus was going to come into the pain and the fallenness of this world to transform it, to change it, to actually change the end of the story. So Jesus loves us in this moment, but Jesus loves us uh, too much to let us stay in this moment. And Jesus loves us too much to let the story just continue the way it's going. Jesus came to change the end of the story because that's the third important truth that we need to hold on to, that Jesus is the life. You know, as we try and wrestle with this conundrum of believing in a creator God who is powerful and a loving God who would send Jesus and yet into this world of pain and suffering, the way we understand it is that because Jesus is the resurrection and the life, that we realise that God's power is his love. God's power is shown through his sacrificial suffering love. You see, the heart of our faith is not just that Jesus came to do amazing teaching. The heart of our faith is not that Jesus is compassionate and uh, did amazing acts of compassion uh, with those around us, although he did do those things. The message of the disciples, the first disciples, was this. Three words will say at Easter, he is risen. We have a resurrection faith. It's only because Jesus defeated death 
that Jesus rose again, that we can say Jesus is here and Jesus is love. The greatest news the world ever heard came from a graveyard. And that tells us that God is in the resurrection business. He's in the business of bringing new life out of death, of bringing peace in the midst of storm, of bringing hope in the midst of despair. And we need to hear that very much today, don't we? Jesus didn't wait simply for the end of the story to happen. He didn't just say to Mary, yes, you're right, Lazarus will rise on the last day. Um, And so until then, uh, you know, just keep praying and keep trusting. Jesus changed the end of the story. And by his resurrection and by raising Lazarus, giving a little foretaste of what that would be, by his resurrection, he brings the end of the story and some of the experiences of the end of the story into that present moment. And when we follow Jesus, the resurrection and the life, we can experience moments of the end of the story when all pain and illness and sickness and grief are at an end. We can experience moments of resurrection even in the midst of our life now. Jesus came to bring life in all its fullness and also life eternal. And so we can experience moments of resurrection as we journey through even this tough time we're going through at the moment. We can experience peace and maybe you've experienced experiences of peace um, in the midst of the uncertainty if we draw close to Christ. If we draw close to Christ we can experience moments of joy and hope even in the midst of the sadness and the confusion of how this particular moment of our human history is going to unfold. And we can experience moments of love and sharing sacrificial love uh, even in the midst of uh, confusion and uncertainty. I'd love us to hold on to this week the the truth that Jesus is here. He's never going to leave us. And that can bring us great peace, even when we're not quite sure what's going on. Uh, Jesus is life. Even in the midst of lockdown, we can experience um, moments of heaven and life in all its fullness where we are. Um, But also Jesus is love. The story of our faith is of sacrificial love, defeating the power of death. It's a resurrection faith. And that means we know how the story ends. Um, And that doesn't change everything of the challenges of the moment that we're in. But we can enter into uh, the moment that we're in in a different way because we know how the story ends. We are part of that bigger story, that resurrection story, even now. And so we ourselves uh, can experience more of God's presence, that he's here, his love, and his life, uh, even in the midst of all that we're going through. Because sacrificial love and eternal love is the theme of every chapter of the story of our life when we follow Christ. And it will be um, the theme of every chapter in heaven, that great moment when, of course, all pain and all suffering and all grief and illness will be at an end. And when that story begins to unfold, the never-ending story of heaven, It will be an experience of love and life and Jesus's presence where every chapter and every moment will be better than the one before. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much that you are with us in this moment and through Christ we can say he is risen. We are resurrection people and no matter what we go through in the darkness of this life, we can hold on to the truth that you're with us you love us and you can bring new life even in the moments we're experiencing now. 
And so, Lord, we pray that we would continue to look to you and that we would think of ways in which we can share these moments of life with others around us. And Lord, we know that you are with us every step of the way. And Lord, may that bring us hope and faith and love in the midst of uh, the times that we're living right now. Because we know how the story ends. And until that moment comes, we can live a life in all its fullness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.